never miss an episode of Pull Up a Chair, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify and Anchor. Follow us on Instagram at pullupachair.podcast and like us on Facebook at Pull Up a Chair with Ashley Mayer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pull Up a Chair. I initially wanted to release the Cuomo episode last week, and then I realized that more information is coming out by the seconds. And I didn't think that we would have an updated story last week as we do now. So I'm excited that I waited a week. But today we're going to be talking about New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo. In regards to COVID, he's been praised as the gold standard and received an Emmy for his leadership during the pandemic. But he's also being labeled a murderer. As New York became the epicenter of the coronavirus, his leadership has been under a magnifying glass, so much so that he's not only being accused of murdering over 15,000 elderly in nursing homes, but now new allegations have surfaced of sexual harassment and intimidation in his administration. I want to be honest and I want to preface, I have very strong opinions about this situation and this podcast is definitely more opinion based, but I also provide the factual timeline of Cuomo's dealings of the coronavirus. This is one of the hottest topics in politics right now, so get excited because I'll break it all down here. On March 25th, 2020, Andrew Cuomo issued a directive to nursing homes saying that nursing homes must accept their residents even if they are COVID positive. The Cuomo administration claimed to have ordered this directive to make more room in hospitals because hospitals were running out of space. The order says, and I quote, no resident shall be denied readmission or admission to the nursing home solely based on a confirmed or suspected diagnosis of COVID-19. Nursing homes are prohibited from requiring a hospitalized resident who is determined medically stable to be tested for COVID-19 prior to admission or readmission. I want you to keep the language of the directive in your head throughout this whole podcast, so don't forget that. And and really, I stress the no resident shall be denied based on a confirmed or suspected COVID diagnosis. And nursing homes are prohibited from testing patients before readmission. For context... According to the CDC, as of February 24, 2021, 338,352 Americans over the age of 65 have died from COVID. That's more than 65% of COVID deaths total in the United States. In New York State, 46,680 people have died from COVID. According to the Cuomo administration, 15,000 people in nursing homes have died from COVID. Andrew Cuomo published his book, Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic, on October 13, 2020. His book provided a roadmap on how to deal with the pandemic, but also on October 13th, 
there were 1,391 new cases in New York. Three months after his book release about leadership during a pandemic, new COVID cases on January 8th were at 19,560. I think personally, it was a bit arbitrary to release a book about handling a pandemic that is still in full swing. And the irony of it is that perhaps Governor Cuomo wasn't the leader everyone hyped him up to be. So again, Cuomo signed this directive on March 25th. On April 9th, a nursing home in Brooklyn, the Cobble Hill Health Center, asked Cuomo and his administration if they could transfer COVID-positive patients to the Javits Center or the USS Comfort. Both of those facilities were being used as field hospitals for COVID patients. The administration denied the request, and most of the Javits Center and the USS Comfort remained empty during that time. The Associated Press reported that after being declined, 50 nursing home patients then died of COVID. It, it's devastating. Ultimately, the field hospitals were empty. Why wouldn't the administration want to assist in saving lives? Why would you not allow patients in a facility to one, be cared for, and two, not to have to be around elderly and vulnerable populations? It really doesn't make sense to me, and honestly, I don't think it will ever make sense to me. On April 17th, the state releases, for the first time, nursing home deaths. 2,690 nursing home deaths in under a month after the directive was signed. In an April 20th press conference, Cuomo claimed he didn't know about the nursing home directive, a directive that that he signed. Listen here. If you are tested positive for the virus, are you allowed to be admitted to a nursing home is the question or readmitted? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. The policy is that if you are positive, you should be admitted back to a nursing home. The necessary precautions will be taken to protect the other residents there. And at the end, explaining the directive was Health Commissioner Howard Zucker. Weird how that works. I guess you just sign a directive and you just don't know how it works. Cool. Anyways... New York Assemblyman Ron Kim, who is a Democrat from Queens, and and don't forget his name because you'll hear a lot about him in this episode, he's really been on the forefront of figuring out the nursing home scandal. And, And in response to the April 20th press conference, Ron Kim said that Zucker is pretty much insinuating that necessary precautions are being are being taken in place. But Kim refutes Zucker's claiming that he's been told by staff and families that there's a lack of PPE and support to keep nursing home patients safe. On May 10th, Cuomo finally rescinds the nursing home directive after pressure and changes it to say that patients must have a negative test until they're admitted. Woohoo! 
probably should have happened in the first place. On May 20th, Cuomo tried to claim that he was following CDC guidelines with his March 25th directive. This is mostly false. The CDC said that COVID-positive patients can be put into nursing homes if and only if they are being cared for properly. Again, nursing homes in New York weren't given the proper support to properly care for these patients. Therefore, they should have never been sent there. The state shouldn't have mandated they go back. There's a difference between a state mandating this and a nursing home deciding for themselves. If the whole point of the directive was to give space for hospitals, why wouldn't the state allow these nursing home patients admitted into mostly empty overflow field hospitals? And then... Someone figured out that either on May 20th or before, the Cuomo administration completely erased the March 25th directive from their website. How convenient. It just disappears like it was never there in the first place. On July 6th, it's reported around 6,200 nursing home patients have died of COVID. And around this time, New Yorkers, politicians, Americans, everyone for that matter, are starting to question the numbers. On August 3rd, the New York State Legislature holds a hearing on nursing homes with Health Commissioner Zucker, and he refuses to say how many nursing home patients have died, claiming that they were still auditing them. And I'm no professional, but doesn't that seem hard to, like, It really doesn't seem that hard to tally up these numbers. To me, it just looks like you're hiding something. Also on August 3rd, the Empire Center for Public Policy submits a Freedom of Information Law request on the nursing home deaths. On August 12th, the Associated Press reports that they believe around 11,000 nursing home patients have died due to Cuomo's directive. At this time, the state had only reported about 6,600. That's about 4,000 deaths that you're not accounting for. On August 26th, the federal government asks for nursing home death data. The feds are getting involved now on August 26th. Early September, Cuomo's administration asks for more time. And it seems like more like they were buying time than just needing more time. On September 18th, the Empire Center then sues the administration, saying that their freedom of information law request was not fulfilled. September 30th, Cuomo said that his critics are politicizing death. It's one thing to politicize death. It's another thing to rightfully criticize someone for signing a directive that directly killed these people. On October 28th, the Department of Justice announced that they are expanding their inquiry into the New York nursing home deaths because New York failed to report how many nursing home deaths were related to COVID positive patients being transferred 
back into nursing homes. Now flash forward January 28th. New York Attorney General Letitia James releases a report claiming that the Cuomo administration is underreporting COVID deaths. And later that day, Health Commissioner Zucker releases a report saying 12,473 nursing home patients have died. At the time, the Cuomo administration reported 87,000 deaths. Letitia was right. Critics were right. And frankly, this is the first outright evidence that proves the Cuomo administration was covering up nursing home deaths. That's a 4,000-person difference. That is huge, and that is something you do not miss. That is intentional. That is hiding from the problem. On February 3rd, the Empire Center is vindicated. A judge rules that the state illegally withheld nursing home death data. On February 10th, the Cuomo administration has a closed-door meeting with Democratic New York state officials. In that meeting, Secretary to the Governor Melissa DeRosa apologized to the officials, saying they didn't give them the information because they feared releasing the information would be used against them. Well, no freaking duh, it would be used against them. It should be used against them. It's wrong what they did. And they, they ultimately knew they, they couldn't hide any longer. And on February 15th, Cuomo finally addresses the nursing home scandal. He didn't apologize. He just said there was a void in information. Now, really moving forward with this timeline, I want you to think of the idea of a gaslighter. A gaslighter is someone who manipulates people into doubting themselves or causes somebody to question themselves or their judgment in a situation. It's a form of psychological abuse. I don't use the term gaslighter lightly. After dealing with gaslighting myself, I firmly believe Cuomo is an incredibly dangerous gaslighter. On February 16th, with the leadership of Assemblyman Ron Kim, nine Democratic lawmakers write a proposition to appeal Governor Cuomo of his emergency COVID powers. These powers expanded the governor's ability to unilaterally make decisions around COVID, such as creating the March 25th directive. The next day, Cuomo goes after Ron Kim saying Kim has a political vendetta against him. What a gaslighter. On February 23rd, Amaris poll finds that Cuomo has a 20-point drop in his approval rating as governor and that most voters believe a new governor should be elected next year. And this is just the COVID timeline. Now... Cuomo is dealing with sexual harassment claims. On February 24th, Lindsay Bolin, a former aide to Governor Cuomo, came out about sexual harassment allegations against Cuomo. 
She claimed that he had told others that he had a crush on her because Lindsay looked like Cuomo's rumored girlfriend at the time. Cuomo started calling Lindsay Lisa because of that. Cuomo started to touch Lisa on her lower back arms and legs. And in a meeting between the two of them, he unconsensually kissed her on the lips. And of course, as she started to speak up, her work environment grew hostile and she later resigned. Cuomo has denied these allegations. But if you want to read more about her full story, it's on median medium.com on february 27th a second woman comes forward charlotte bennett a former policy advisor to cuomo she accuses cuomo of asking her questions about her sex life with older men if she had ever slept with older men if she was in a relationship pretty much hinting at him wanting to sleep with her she worked for him she didn't want to talk to him about her sex life. She wanted to talk to him about policy. I, I think it's extremely degrading and really inappropriate. And up until this point, legislators have now called for Cuomo to resign. They called for an independent probe. And Cuomo releases a statement saying he's sorry for anything he for anything and if it was misinterpreted because to him it was casual work flirtation and he denied the inappropriate touching and on march 4 1st another accusation cuomo was at a wedding in 2019 where he's accused of touching a woman's exposed back and immediately upon meeting her asking if he can kiss her just weird. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio says he believes more allegations will come and that they should be looked into. Nancy Pelosi said the claims are credible and serious. Cuomo has now hired a defense attorney, but this defense attorney is for the nursing home deaths, but I'm sure Cuomo will need a defense attorney for the sexual harassment allegations as well. And now, 20 elected Democrats have called for Cuomo to resign. And yesterday in a press conference, the first press conference since these allegations have come out, Cuomo addresses these claims saying he's sorry if he made these women feel uncomfortable, but that he never touched anyone inappropriately. He kind of tried to like write it off by saying he kisses everyone and that's something his dad taught him and it's an Italian thing and that there are pictures of him kissing both men and women. He says he won't resign and he weirdly only apologizes directly to one of the three women that have come forward and you just have to question like why one and not the other? But most notably, he said this. Um, the, uh, I do not believe I have ever done anything in my public career that uh, I uh, am ashamed of. So let me get this straight. 
If you're embarrassed and sorry for your inappropriate behavior, would that be something you would be ashamed of? You're not ashamed of making women feel uncomfortable in the workplace. You're not ashamed of sexual harassment. You're not ashamed of signing a directive that led to the death of 15,000 nursing home patients. Give me a freaking break. Now, there are many layers to the Cuomo scandal. It doesn't just stop at this. Janice Dean, who lost both of her in-laws due to Cuomo's March 25th directive, has been a leader in the takedown of Cuomo. Her husband is a New York firefighter that was there for 9-11, and she's a meteorologist for Fox News. Janice has been the center of many attacks by Cuomo and his allies, but in particular, Janice tweeted, this is garbage, in response to Dr. Dr. Fauci saying New York handled COVID correctly. And a CNN reporter demeans her by saying, meteorologist weighs in. I'm sorry. So she's amounted to a meteorologist, but she can't say anything? Her in-laws died, and you expect her to not weigh in? And this is just a small part of CNN and the media as a whole, aiding Cuomo by covering for him. Chris Cuomo, brother of Andrew Cuomo and CNN anchor, was able to host his brother and praise him for his leadership. It's unethical. If you're a reporter, you report. You don't host nepotism. In May, Chris Cuomo has his big brother Andrew to laugh about Andrew Cuomo getting COVID tested, joking, laughing, not asking about COVID deaths, not asking about the March 25th directive. At this point, the directive was pulled from the state website. At this point, he has blamed the directive on the CDC. At this point, thousands of nursing home patients have died. No tough questions to older bro, just jokes about him getting tested. And on Monday, Chris Cuomo announced that he is no longer allowed, per CNN, to interview his brother. How convenient. When stuff gets bad, now he can't cover him. He shouldn't have been able to cover his brother in the first place, especially if he, hasn't go- if he isn't going to ask him the tough questions. But on a bigger scale, the media and the Democrats have heralded Andrew Cuomo as the COVID hero. Joe Biden said Cuomo was the gold standard. The New York Times said Cuomo's competence is captivating. Ellen DeGeneres claimed she was a Cuomo sexual because she gushed for him and his COVID response. Vogue magazine said, thank you, Andrew Cuomo. Thank you for reminding us that there are men who can lead and be clear and tell the truth. Anna Navarro, these Cuomo press conferences are chicken soup for the soul. MSNBC, Cuomo has elevated his game. Cuomo is conducting a symphony. Washington Post, He's the strong man who can admit he's wrong. He fluently speaks about the facts. Joy Reid, hire your political leaders wisely, America. Be like New York. CNN, 
how Andrew Cuomo has become the most important voice in the coronavirus crisis. Clearly, the media doesn't care about your blunders if you're a Democrat worth protecting. 15,000 nursing home patients died because of Cuomo's directive, and this is how the media and prominent Democrats see his leadership. 15,000 deaths. 15,000 people in the grave, and this man has been protected and put on a pedestal. It is incredibly sad, and I hope his demise comes to be. But when the media and those around you hold power and protect you, it is no easy sailing. What Governor Cuomo did by signing his March 25th directive is a crime against humanity. He was never asked the tough questions, and he was never held accountable. This is someone who received an Emmy for his press briefings, an Emmy based on false numbers and lies about 15,000 deaths. This is someone who wrote a book on leadership. I guess the bar is low for leadership if they're able to be a leader and sign a directive that leads to death. I can only hope and pray that he is one day held accountable. But the only way for Cuomo to be out is to impeach him. It's disheartening that he's now only being looked at because of the sexual harassment allegations, and I am in no way downplaying that. I believe the sexual harassment claims are credible. If the claims are looked into, I believe he will be guilty, but I hope that he is taken down for the deaths of those 15,000 New Yorkers. He is the opposite of the gold standard. He is an incompetent leader who has assisted in the murder of thousands, and for that, he should pay the price both politically and criminally. Thank you for sticking by for that. That is all I have for today. The Cuomo situation is not going away anytime soon. This is going to be a revolving door of stuff coming out so stay tuned on that I'll try to keep everybody updated but thank you all so much and whew, sorry if I got a little opinionated never miss an episode of pull up a chair make sure to subscribe on apple podcast Follow us on Spotify and Anchor. Follow us on Instagram at pullupachair.podcast and like us on Facebook at pullupachair with Ashley Mayer.